Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Good evening, everyone. Our Bible reading tonight is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 13. That's Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 13. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to my wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field and another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreating them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Hey everyone, good evening. Uh, We are starting off a series this evening, a short and very varied sermon series called Hard Things to Talk About. Jackie just mentioned it earlier, and we heard some suggestions people had about what they think might be hard for Christians to talk about, but I thought I'd throw it back to you. Just chat to the person next to you briefly. What might followers of Jesus sometimes find it hard to talk about? Chat to the person next to you and then we'll get back together. Good job, good job. At both the morning services, when I asked that question this morning, there was just crickets. So I'm really proud of you that you were able to come up with answers. And the irony is not lost on me that I was asking you to talk to people about things that are hard to talk about. Good job. Really proud of all of you. Ron and I, Ron, our senior minister, and I did this exercise ourselves a couple of months ago. 
uh, and we came up with four topics that we thought were both difficult to talk about, but also that we maybe needed to talk about a bit more at St. Matt's. So next week, we're going to be talking about money, about greed, about materialism. The week after, we'll have one of our new Link missionaries speak on evangelism and the need for the gospel to go to the nations. In the final week, we'll be talking about mental health, a topic that not just Christians, but I think people generally aren't always that great at talking about. And this week, tonight, as Jackie said, we're talking about heaven and hell. But since it's much harder to talk about hell, we're really just talking about hell tonight. If this is your first week here, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> uh, uh, genuinely, really glad you're here. Uh, and hope to see you a different week as well. What makes hell so hard to talk about? Even think about. I mean, it's, it's a pretty crucial Christian doctrine. But sometimes I wonder if we're in danger of forgetting it or of just ignoring it out of existence. What makes hell so hard to talk about? I won't make you ask the person next to you this time. I just want you to think in your mind for a moment and then I'll give you some of my thoughts. I pretty quickly came up with four answers of my own. I think it's hard to talk about hell because hell can be hard to understand. I'm sure I'm not the only one here uh, that has unresolved questions around hell. Secondly, it's uncomfortable. And even thinking about it can leave us feeling distressed. As I've been reading commentaries and really dry theology textbooks the last couple of weeks, I felt my stomach just clenching a lot and feeling tense in my shoulders because it's a really distressing topic. Number three, it's a confronting truth that might cause people to turn away from Jesus, which is the last thing we would want, really. I mean, talking about hell naturally raises questions like, if God is so loving, why does he send people to hell? And in a world of design your own spirituality, where people can be more concerned with what's attractive rather than what's true, hell isn't that attractive. Number four, talking about hell can leave us feeling vulnerable. What if people decide that we're harsh, that we're judgmental, that we're intolerant to? Given these reasons and many more that I'm sure you can all come up with, it's tempting to wonder if maybe hell is actually a topic it's better not to talk about. Maybe some things are better left unsaid. But this evening, I want to make the case that by not talking about hell, we lose more than we gain. I want to make the case that thinking about hell, taking it seriously, talking about it sometimes, better enables us to be lifelong followers of Jesus. By considering hell, we're more likely to cling to Christ. Before we get into it properly, I want to acknowledge that this message just might raise more questions than it answers for you. Uh, that's all right. If you want to chat to me afterwards and raise some of your questions, I'd love to talk about it with you. Or if you want to use slido.com uh, and the number 344-358 to get some questions in the Q&A, uh, that'd be a great thing to do as well. We probably won't get through all the questions tonight, I have a feeling, but we'll see how we go. So let me pray and then we'll consider hell so that we might cling to Christ. Lord God, I can't even imagine the emotional uh, responses of a room this large. And we know that hell uh, raises a lot of complicated feelings for all of us, but we pray that you'd be able to guide us into truth tonight. We pray that you would be helping us to consider hard things 
to face the hard things and the result would be that we treasure Jesus all the more. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Jesus, most loving person in history, most loving person to ever walk the face of the earth, he talked about hell kind of a lot. He actually talks about hell more than he talked about heaven. He describes hell in a variety of ways. He has a variety of names for hell. Hades, the abyss, Gehenna, the lake of burning fire, eternal punishment, like it goes on and on. He wanted people to consider hell. He wanted people to face the reality that death in this life is not the end of our stories. He wanted to shake people out of their apathy and indifference. He wanted people to live now in light of eternity. On one occasion in Jerusalem, just a few days before he was arrested and executed, Jesus told his listeners a story. He told this story about a king inviting guests to his son's wedding celebration. And thirdly, the guests are completely uninterested. At first it feels rude and then it really escalates. Some are so hostile that they even attack the servants, bringing them the invitations. The king deals with those hostile guests and then in this extraordinary act of generosity throws open the invitation to everyone. He gets his servants to stand on the street corners just inviting people into the wedding celebration. And many do come in, both good and bad. Jesus says that the wedding hall was filled with guests, which sounds like a lovely outcome. But then in a confronting twist, one person who has come into the feast is tied up and thrown out because he's not appropriately dressed. Not just thrown out, but thrown out into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I looked up gnashing this week. It means grinding your teeth in like an anguished way. I didn't know what that meant. It's a weird story, right? There's a lot of things in this story that are weird. But just a story, right? Except Jesus doesn't really just tell stories. He's not an entertainer. He's a teacher. And he tells this story to teach us about heaven and hell. The king in the story is God himself. The invitation to come to the wedding is the invitation to belong to God's kingdom, to be among his people, not just for this life, but for all eternity. We see in the parable God's deep, deep desire that people would come in to the wedding banquet, that they'd enjoy the blessings that he's offering. But despite God's generosity, many people reject it. They reject him. They reject and hurt his servants carrying the invitation. And the consequence of that rejection, the consequence of not being truly prepared to enter the banquet, is God's judgment. Heaven and hell aren't specifically named in this passage, but they're described. Heaven is the wedding banquet, this joyful celebration, and hell is the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I guess the average Aussie, if they think about heaven and hell at all, thinks of heaven as the place that good people go to when they die and hell as the place that bad people go when they die. But in this parable, notice that both the good and the bad are invited into the banquet. And it appears that both the good and the bad come in. The man who is removed is not removed for being bad. Before all we know, he could be one of the good ones. He's removed 
for not wearing wedding clothes. Jesus tells this parable to get us thinking, to make us ask the question, what does it mean to be appropriately dressed for the wedding? If going to hell or heaven isn't about being good or bad, what's it about? The parable leaves us in the question, as Jesus' parables often do. But to find an answer, we have to look more broadly at Scripture. In the Bible, heaven and hell are described in a variety of ways, but consistently as two alternative places where people are sent by God after they die. However, heaven and hell aren't just described as places. They aren't just described physically or spatially. They're also described relationally. Let me show you what I mean. I want to run through a bunch of Bible verses with you. On one occasion, when Jesus describes heaven to someone as paradise, you remember he's next to another thief on the cross, and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He actually says, today you'll be with me in paradise. The paradise is relational. On another occasion, heaven is described as a city, but the most significant thing about the city is that it is called God's dwelling place where he will dwell, where he will live with his people. Again, it's relational. Another time when Jesus calls heaven a house with many rooms, it's the Father's house where people are going to go and live with God. It's relational. And hell is described relationally too. Or more accurately, it's described as the loss or absence of relationship. The Apostle Paul writes these really sobering words that those who don't know God will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. When Jesus talks of people going to hell, he says, I never knew you away from me. Heaven and hell aren't just places. They're descriptions of being either in or out of relationship with God. Heaven and hell are markers of relationship status. Heaven is being forever close to God. Hell is being forever separated from God. I think at first when we start to think about hell in terms of being separated from God, it doesn't sound so bad. I think we don't think it doesn't sound we think it doesn't sound so bad because it's so easy for us to take for granted God's presence during this life. Even when we don't really have a relationship with God, we enjoy so many different blessings from him all the time. The gift of a beautiful sunset. That's common grace. That's God's general kindness to humanity. That's a gift from him. The gift of delicious food, the gift of laughter, of happiness, of peace of loving and being loved. The gift of life itself, all that comes from God, regardless of our current relationship status with him. But hell is being removed forever from God. If we reject God in this life, if we refuse a relationship with him, eventually, at death, God's response is to give us what we want. He's going to remove himself from us and he's going to remove us from him. And being apart from God means being apart from all of God's gifts, all of God's uh, blessings that just come in his presence. Every huge blessing we depend on and every tiny blessing we take for granted is stripped away in hell. Jesus 
on one occasion, on a number of occasions, describes hell in terms of fire, the lake of fire. But on other occasions, talks of hell as darkness. And I've always wondered, how do you have fire, which is light, and darkness at the same time? And I, I wonder if what Jesus is doing is not so much being literal as trying to help communicate to us the horror of being completely cut off from God. That's something no living person has ever experienced. Eventually, God is going to give everyone what they want. Eternity with him or eternity without him. Going back to the parable, the man is thrown out of the wedding feast into the darkness, not because he's good or bad, but because he isn't wearing the right wedding clothes. Over the last few years, I've had the privilege of going to more young adult St. Matt's weddings than I can keep count of. And I've noticed something. There is always one person at the wedding who isn't dressed up. Do you know who it is? Don't say somebody's name in here. <laughs> it's the photographer. Yeah, some people are doing the. Yeah, it's the photographer. The photographer is never dressed up. You know why the photographer doesn't have to get dressed up? They have no relationship with the bride and groom. They're just there to do a job. In this parable, by not coming dressed for the wedding, the man is demonstrating that he has no honor or love for the hosts. There's no relationship there. The people that do go to the banquet, that enter heaven, the people that are rightly dressed, are people who know Jesus. They're the people who have put their trust in him and who, by knowing him, now know God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's the only way. If we haven't been clothed by Jesus, if he hasn't covered us in his goodness, we can't come into the banquet. And there's only one other place we can go. Heaven and hell are binary. It's one or the other because a relationship with God is binary. We either have a relationship with God or we don't. We either love him or we don't. We either trust Jesus or we don't. Jesus tells this confronting story to get us to turn to him. Consider hell and hold on to Christ. Now perhaps you've never really given much thought to heaven and hell before today. Perhaps you've vaguely thought that if you were to go to heaven it would be because you're generally pretty good. But if you don't know Jesus, then you're crashing the wedding feast. And your clothes would show that you don't belong. The good news is that God's invitation, the invitation he sends to everyone for the wedding feast, is still good, and it's an invitation for you. To accept, you need to start a relationship with Jesus. If you're going to come in, you need to know Jesus. But I suspect the challenge for many of us here tonight is not whether or not we have a relationship with Jesus, it's just that we don't really like thinking about hell. I get that. But I think if we ignore hell over time, we're going to naturally feel less need for Jesus. And if there's no hell, what's he saving us from? We naturally feel less gratitude, less wonder, we naturally feel a little less need to obey him, to follow him. 
we start making excuses for different things in our lives. We naturally see less need for others to know Jesus too. If we ignore hell, we miss God's commitment to bring judgment on those who harm his servants. We miss the genuine comfort of knowing that God will bring justice on the earth. That he does hear the cry of the oppressed. He will stand up for those who have been stamped on. If we ignore hell, we won't take seriously the horror of being separated from God. Making it harder to take seriously the awesomeness of being present with God forever. But when we do consider hell, and as a result, hold on to Christ, we can actually look forward with hope. Whatever other emotions we might feel around this topic, we can definitely feel hope. We can look forward to a day when God's dwelling place will be with his people and he'll live with us. We can look forward to a day when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes where there will be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. Don't ignore hell. Consider hell and hold on to Christ. Lord God, please help us to do that. Please give us the courage to look at things that make us feel uncomfortable. Give us the insight to appreciate the enormity of what Jesus has done for us. I just want to pray tonight, especially for younger generations that are here, that will most acutely feel the pressure to give up on things like hell in the name of a weaker love. I pray that we would have the courage to trust what Jesus says is true and as a result have the courage to share Jesus with other people so that they can be there on that last day. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatts.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.